Welcome to another episode of the Principal Liner Notes podcast. This is Sean Gaylord, and this is yet another episode that I am doing live all in one take in my car on the way to the schoolhouse. You know, sometimes the principal is like that Tom Hanks character in Castaway. You know that film? When he is alone on the island and he befriends the volleyball Wilson and sometimes you know perhaps this podcast is like my Wilson and or maybe you are are like my Wilson and like that character in Castaway Tom Hanks has to has to connect somehow uh and and to share and and to engage in conversation and in this case it's not a volleyball it's my iPhone and the Anchor app and the Principal Liner Notes podcast. Plus, my commute is long and I don't carpool. And I figured, well, let's uh, let's have a uh, our own digital carpool, so to speak, through the podcast. So here is another bonus episode for the Principal Liner Notes podcast. Please excuse any traffic noises or uh, commuting sounds, and we will get to the schoolhouse safely, and I will have shared a story with you. Thanks for listening, and thanks for tuning in. I'm not old enough to have seen the Beatles live in concert. I'm a second generation fan. Technically, I'm a first generation fan because I was born on the exact day that the final Beatles studio album was released, May 8th, 1970, Let It Be. But technically, um, I guess I'm a second generation fan, but I'm not old enough to have seen them live in in concert. I've seen Paul McCartney more than several times in concert. I've seen Ringo Starr a few times in concert. All of them have been enjoyable, pleasurable experiences. I've seen all of the films countless times, you know, from Hard Day's Night, Help, uh, the the wonderful um, Eight Days a Week uh, documentary directed by Ron Howard, which uh, focuses on the Beatles' live performance years. I've seen it all. I've read all the books. I've seen the clips. I've analyzed the clips. Heck, I've even written an entire book about the Beatles. But I've never seen all four Beatles live in, in concert. And I often imagine what that would be. Uh, I think that probably I, too, would be screaming and jumping and shouting and crying and and all of those things. The closest that I probably got to Beatlemania, and I write about this in in that book about the Beatles, The Pepper Effect, uh, is is the time that I I actually technically met Paul McCartney. That's another story for another time. And yes, there was screaming. Yes, there was jumping and shouting. 
and yes, um, there there may have been a tear or two, but I digress. But I I wonder what that experience would be like to to see them in concert and to experience all that Beatlemania, and and to see their musicianship and and to witness history, and to witness that synergy that that connect that great connection that the Beatles had with their fans. You, you can see that in, in great effect, really, in, in two instances. If you ever, and you could go on YouTube and look up the Ed Sullivan uh, performances, their famous performances on uh, the Ed Sullivan Show, uh, and you can see Beatlemania in a kind of mini compact level, or you can see Beatlemania on a large scale level when they played Shea Stadium and, and that famous concert. and playing to thousands of, of folks and you can see again that connection that the band attempted to have with their fans and, and the love uh, between the fans and and the Beatles but imagine if you saw them December sorry about that little um, <laughs> again I'm doing this uh this podcast live in, in, in my car and uh, and trying to, to be a dutiful uh, steward of the road and, and podcaster at the same time. So safety always first. So I digress. Again, this is, this is a homemade podcast. This isn't uh, made in any kind of studio. I don't, I don't have any... Um... Anyway, there's no production values here, but anyway... <laughs> Um, imagine seeing the Beatles December 9th, 1961. Imagine that. And you are in uh, a little town uh, 65 kilometers outside of London, a little military town, uh, Aldershot. And you are one of 18 people. One, 18. 18 people that, that saw the Beatles. Uh, perform live at a at a small venue. Uh, Eighteen, I, I'm not kidding. Eighteen people, uh, and in this case, it wasn't the the Beatles that that we know uh, today. It was the an early incarnation of the Beatles: John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison. Yes, you know those names, and then the drummer before Ringo, Pete Best. And apparently, this show was supposed to be a um, kind of an attempt by the band to, to secure a recording uh, contract. They had uh, performed to great acclaim in Hamburg, Germany, and they were back in London uh, looking uh, for, for fame and fortune as a band. But the gig was not, uh, was, was a flop. Uh, the pr- concert promoter um, fell through on uh, the ad. Uh, that was to be published in the newspapers promoting this. Uh, the newspaper never ran it. Uh, there was miscommunication, and the Beatles uh, show up, and it's 18 folks who could care less. Now, instead of leaving, or instead of uh, you know getting in their feelings, or getting into an argument with the the promoter, they they, they may have the band being professionals stayed on the band played on the band performed and performed to all 18 of those people and you you can if you google it 
you can see some of the uh, the pictures from that, and, and the Beatles had a good time. Uh, they 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 turned uh, this failure, this flop of a gig, in into kind of a, an, an opportunity to joke and kid around. At one point, John and George get off the stage in the middle of the show and and start and start dancing, um, and and they basically caroused and played and and gave uh, everything that they could to the audience and and I wonder wouldn't it be neat if there was a recording of that performance because it's such a great lesson for us as leaders whatever gig that you're in be it principal assistant principal district office superintendent even even classroom teacher we're all called to be leaders but we've all been in those moments where we make the the noblest of plans we put all the details together, we rehearse, we practice, we create our set list, we create our lesson plan, we create our PLC agenda or faculty meeting agenda. We've got the great icebreaker. We've got the um, we've got all the things that line up and then guess what happens? Crickets or things flop or things don't go the way that we plan. But yet we still play on. Yet we still like Charlie Brown running up to kick that football from Lucy, even though we know she's going to take it away, we still keep going, just like the Beatles did. I, I think that's just a great lesson for us, especially as we get, or as we are, in this kind of weird time of the school year or, or weird time in whatever organization that you may be, where those ideas, those projects, those dreams, they falter, they, they fall apart. But it's important for us to get on stage or to get back up or to keep trudging on or to keep beating on boats against the current and play the gig, play our song, play with the band. And if it falls apart, if if there are crickets clapping, if no one shows up, there's still nobility, there's still greatness in the resilience. Who knows, maybe in, in the course of you persevering, you come across a new idea, you come across a better idea, you come across a new way of looking at things, or simply you use it as an opportunity to laugh at yourself and, and to dust yourself off and, and go, all right, I'm just going to go for broke and see what happens and, and what have I got to lose? We've all been in those moments. We've all been in those times. And as I reflect upon my drive today and sharing with you, I think about the Beatles, John, Paul, George, and Pete, a winter night in a small town outside of London, and 18 people show up. Thank goodness they kept playing, because what if they didn't? Uh, what, what if that, that, uh, that kind of failed gig led to them breaking up? What if that failed gig led to some sort of identity crisis or imposter crisis, and, and the band decides, you know what, this isn't working? Uh, what, what, what are we doing this for? And that happens too sometimes, right? You know, where we allow the so-called failure, we allow the so-called rejection, we per give permission to the, the failed uh, attempt at glory to, to keep us from achieving the momentum, to keep us from progressing. We give permission to that failure to dictate our path. We give permission to that failure to, to throw us off our game. And that's just dead wrong. 
we cannot allow to do that. That resiliency and the go, oh, okay, this didn't go the way I thought it would, and that happens because we are human, and not everything can be perfect. Not everything can be um, Candyland 100%. Not everything can be the the um, you know striking gold on the first the first time or whatever it may be. But yet we still must persevere and we still must dig deeply into that resilience. And I think it's also important as we observe other leaders or other colleagues making um, what seems to be a futile attempt or what turns out to be a failure, I think it's also important that we tune into that and make sure that we are there to support and to cheer on and and to and to give encouragement that's also important as as well the beatles had each other the beatles leaned on each other and they had that shared vision for their love for music and i think that's important and they encouraged each other and that's important in whatever band that you play in whatever organization or team or faculty or schoolhouse or department that's lucky to have your gifts and your vision and your talents. Play like the Beatles, even though 18 people show up because it's gonna be okay and you're gonna get through it and there's always another gig and there's always going to be a flip side to the record and you're a part of that and the world is better because of that. So those are some thoughts for today as we drive to the schoolhouse uh, together on this uh, rainy, rainy morning. I hope, uh, I hope all of this makes sense on uh, one cup of coffee and uh, a few uh, tidbits from the Beatles. One more thing as I continue our morning commute together, and and I want to reiterate this. Thank goodness the Beatles did not break up during uh, or in the aftermath of that failed uh, gig where only 18 people showed up. Because, again, if we put ourselves in their shoes, you're giving your heart and your soul and your music, right? This This is your love. This is your passion. And only 18 people show up. Well, perhaps that night, and we don't know what other, what those other 18 people were carrying, but perhaps that night, that that night of seeing this bar band from Liverpool play, and seeing them goof around on stage, and 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 turning this failed gig into something fun and and meaningful. What if one of those 18 people was carrying some sort of, of, of stress or, or despondency? And, and perhaps that, that joy-filled, failure-filled, horrible gig uplifted them. Think about that. And think about if, if the Beatles decided not to go on stage. We don't know what other folks are carrying, and we don't know the impact that we have on each other. 
So all the more reason that what appears to be a failure, what appears to be a rejection, what, what, what appears to disrupt your, your place in the world is actually an opportunity to find goodness within yourself or to rehone your vision, but it's also an opportunity to make a positive impact on someone else. And that's so, so important. And again, I've been there. I've been there as a leader. I've been there as a teacher. I've been there on so many fronts. All the more reason we dig back into our core, we pivot, we don't allow that failure or rejection to overtake us, and we take the power of that failure and we make sure that it is going in the direction of good and going in the direction and the intention of making a positive impact on someone else. That's so important in the gig that we choose to play in. That's it for this bonus episode of the Principal Liner Notes podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that my rambling on one cup of coffee made sense. And I'm so grateful for you pressing play or download on this podcast. If you did enjoy this podcast, please feel free to share it out through your various uh, social media channels and feel free to tag me either on Instagram or Twitter at SM Gaylord or on Facebook at Sean Gaylord. You can also use the hashtag for this podcast, hashtag principal liner notes. Always grateful for any time friends and bandmates share and also would appreciate any kind of positive review, whether it's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Always appreciate a positive review there. It does help and it does mean a lot. And I am very grateful for you. As I started off this podcast, I talked about and made reference to one of my favorite films of all time, Castaway, starring Tom Hanks. And I know that in whatever gig that you are in, it can be lonely, it can be alienating, it can be isolating, especially if you, you don't have a band with you or if, if you don't feel a part of a team. So if you do need a Wilson to your Tom Hanks or a Wilson to your castaway, feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to be your Wilson. I'm happy to be your sounding board if you've got an idea or a thought or a dream, or you just need a sounding board for anything. Always happy to help and connect uh, with educators and bandmates uh, along the way. Again, this is the Principal Liner Notes podcast. This is Sean Gaylord. Continue to play on like the Beatles. And as always, I owe a debt of gratitude to John, Paul, George, in this case, Pete, and also Ringo. Thank you so much for listening uh, and tuning in. 
Don't forget that the world needs your gifts and your dreams because you help make the world a better place. And there is always a flip side. And I hope to catch you there. Thanks again for tuning in Principal Liner Notes podcast. I hope that your day is upbeat and uplifting. If you like what you heard and you appreciated my connection in parallel to the Beatles, then please check out my book, The Pepper Effect. That is my love letter to the Beatles and education. And that's where I take you on a journey, so to speak, or a crosswalk or an Abbey Road crosswalk between the leadership and creativity and innovation lessons from the Beatles and how they can connect to the schoolhouse or any organization. You can order the pepper effect from Amazon or Barnes and Noble, or you can special order it at your friendly neighborhood independent bookstore. I am working on another book and I'll have more details uh, about that. And I'm really excited about uh, the, that book coming out and so much, so much to share uh, about that project I'm working on. So stay tuned for that. Thanks so much.